0: Welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to be talking to Chris West from Video Narrative. Chris, welcome to Speakernomics. Tom, I'm so pumped to be here with you. I'm ready to have some fun. Great. So, Chris, what are two tips that you have for speakers who want to make more money? It all comes down to your morning ritual and your change model Ooh, your morning ritual and your change model so we're going to dive deeper into those in just a second but i want to tell everybody a little bit about chris if you don't already know who chris is chris helps thought leaders build world-changing speakers businesses and we know chris makes really good videos he's the video guy so chris how long have you been working with speakers and other thought leaders
1: i received my first call from a professional speaker in 2013. And climbed LCAP with Manly Feinberg, for those of you who know him in the National Speaker Association. And from then on, I realized if this is what professional speakers are like, I'm just gonna tell their stories.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, your first tip that you had is that people have to have a morning ritual. So, how does that make me more money? What are you talking about?
1: Absolutely. When people think about money, they forget that it is actually one of the six energies. There's six emotional energies in in the world and in our bodies. And one of them actually is money. And what most people do without meaning to is they start every morning reliving out the past. Right? They open their eyes. The first thing you do because you haven't experienced the day yet, we tend to think about what happened yesterday first. And then most of us, because our alarm is on our phone, we roll over and we like see a couple messages. We probably sometimes check the news feed, which is all about stories from yesterday, all the stuff that went wrong. And instantly it's almost like reprogramming yesterday, where the difference is when you wake up and you have a ritual that has nothing related to in the past. In fact, it actually moves you in the future. Right. And instead, the first thing that you do when you wake up is something that gets you completely focused and motivated on what's to come. And you start pulling your future, the one you want, to you. Right. So, I mean, it's a little bit different for every person, but I will say that the last thing I do when I wake up is check my phone. The first thing I do is do really great morning, like breath exercises and meditation. And I visualize the next place I'm going to be to the place where I can actually feel as if I'm already there. And when you start work in that place, it's like you already did bring in the six extra figures. It's like all those things. And it's the key is it's the emotion of them because our bodies are literally putting out energy, right? And the frequency of what you feel when that happens is what you want to start your day in. And it really is crazy because if you've spent the morning 20 minutes, 30 minutes already visualizing what that happens, you expect those things to happen that day where most of your competitors, or most people are in the world, they've started by plugging away at what happened yesterday in the news, getting frustrated about the other side who feels different than them, all this negative emotion, and it doesn't set them up for seeing that
0: total success that's coming their way. So have you always been a guy who has like great morning rituals, or is this something that's come along later in life? Definitely
1: developed, and more, more than anything, this year has been the year that it's been dialed in. And this year, you know, while most people in COVID probably had one of the roughest years in most production companies, and I run one has had pretty difficult years. It's been my most successful year in business. And for our company, we've had an absolute transformational year.
0: And it was really the mindset that brought all of it in. So, Chris, you work with a lot of speakers. How many speakers do you think have a morning ritual like you describe?
1: I don't know. That's a great question. I know a lot of them live what they teach, so that's that's an important part. And I I think a lot of people who speak on resilience have resilient habits in place, right? But I I've seen it happen so often this year where I talk with two people, two speakers. Both of their fees are seventeen thousand five hundred. Both of them experienced COVID happen in the way that they did. And I've literally had two calls on the same day where one said, "I'm doing virtual for." 2,500 now. And it's really just, it's just really rough. And the other saying I'm charging more now because virtually I can do so much more and I can, I can make such a bigger impact because I can do pre-work with them. I can do the the virtual, I can do this post-work with them. And so I'm actually charging more than I used to. And they were in the exact same place. And so for me, it, it literally just comes down to mindset and every single person on the planet, is creating the world around them and the only difference between those two cho- those two speakers were the choices that they made and i believe starting the morning with choosing the future you want first sets you up to like have all of that start coming your way in the day.
0: So do you think uh, this sh- last year in 2020 when everybody was dealing with COVID, do you think that sort of separated a lot of people who had really good morning rituals or other types of mindset rituals, meditation, et cetera, from the people who just let the world happen to them? Is, is Do you think that there's, there's a correlation to what we've seen in COVID separating those two? It's so
1: interesting though. Yeah, because everything is what it is. I like to think about things like a glass of wine. You put a glass of wine on the table and you show it to someone, like if you're on a video, every person who sees that is going to think something different. Someone had a, a parent who's an alcoholic. They're going to think, I hate the alcohol. If someone doesn't like the taste of wine, they're going to think, I don't like the taste. Some people who who travel to Spain all the time and are a wine connoisseur are going to think, what kind of wine is that? Everyone's going to bring their own opinion to this very neutral glass with red liquid in it. Mm-hmm. right? And I think about that in terms of speaking business or anything is that when things happen... Every single person is going to have a perception about it. And I've just chosen, and this comes from a background in narrative therapy and telling stories, is that every good story, the stories you love, starts with a character who has a big problem. And so over time, and this has been about a decade now, I've trained my mind to think, if I'm in a challenge, I must be in a good story. And I feel like some people saw what happened in march of 2020 and they seriously thought to themselves this is a new challenge right and there's some people whose personalities in the speaker industry are oriented toward challenge but others they're more oriented towards security and like sustainability and this was like a whole new thing that they needed to think about analyze consider and decide where they're going to move forward so they might have moved into it slower i think everyone was perceiving it in their own way but the end result is Did people in the end make a decision whether this was gonna be good for their business or negative? And that's the end result that I'm most interested to find out and I think will be the deterring factor for what kind of year people saw.
0: Interesting. So your second tip on ways to make more money was your change model. What's a change model? Tom, can I tell you a story? Please, that's why
1: we do this podcast actually. (laughs) We stumbled into this on a virtual level this year, and I cannot tell you the impact it had on so many professional speakers businesses this year, but has already been having on many, many speakers businesses for years, but hasn't been articulated in a way that most speakers are are really, really like implementing their business. And that is that anytime you're going to go on a journey with a person, they will go on a journey much, much more quickly with you if you can tell them the stops along the way. It's not just like, we're going to go to that mountain over there. It's like the first thing we're going to do is day one here. Day two is really hard. So that's, where we're going to go here. Day three gets this, and then we'll get to the top of the mountain. Change models is what we call it. Some people call it their formula, whatever it is. It's to say, what are you best at helping solve? Like the problem you're best helping solve, what is the result you're best at helping create in the world? And what is the process to get there? So when we do videos and when we do branding or we do websites with, with professional speakers, our question on our third call is always that, that change model. And we were doing this work with a, a speaker and we defined that change model, that process. He had it on a sticky on his computer. The next day he got a call for someone who wanted a virtual session. And he said, you know, I can do the virtual session. I'd love to, but, you know, the real change happens. And he just read off the sticky and she there was quiet on the other end. And she goes, how much... What'd it cost for you to do that? And, and he's like, well, it would be 25,000. And and she was planning on doing a $3,500 virtual keynote. And she was like, let's do that. We'll go for the 25,000 mark, right? And so then the next week, UCLA for all their campuses called and they he told them the same process. And they were like, we wanna do that all across our campuses. And it ended up being a six figure. And he, he texted me, and he was like, Chris, We made $125,000 over the last week. And all I did was change the way I was describing the steps to someone. And I was blown away by that. But what's interesting is that we started applying it to every speaker that we were doing work with. And I saw that happen over and over and over this year where because virtual opened up this way for teams to get together so much more effectively, that if you ask and are curious from the very beginning about what they're trying to like, not just how do you want your people to feel after the engagement, but what are you trying to do as a company this year? And what are they dealing with? And you actually can tell people, here's the steps to get to what you want. They will book so many more virtual engagements with you because they're getting a result rather than just the engagement.
0: So I'm intrigued and I know that everybody who is listening is intrigued. And at the same time, I'm thinking, what did he just say? Somehow I missed the meat. Of what is this change model? So let's use me as an example. Let's yeah. let's do free coaching for me. So Sounds good. if I was a speaker and I had been in business for 12 years and my business got rocked a little bit during COVID, what am I doing to create a change model? What I don't understand. What, what am I doing? What am I telling people?
1: What is a problem you're best at helping solve?
0: Uh, So I make events suck less because when I speak, people are going to be much more engaged. And coming back from quarantine, meetings can't afford to have people not be engaged. So I'm the conference catalyst.
1: I love that. And so my question to you
0: is, what do you do ahead of time to make sure you're as successful as possible? Sure. So, I, I have a process. I, I learn who the people are in the audience by meeting with some audience members and participants. If it's an association, I talk to the board members. And then I try to relate all of my stories and everything I'm going to do to set it up to make sure that it's within their world.
1: Yeah. And so, what I would say, and if we have, you know, an hour to discuss this right now, there's usually two ways that we do change models. The first is that we go through the way in which a speaker creates a long lasting results from the engagement that they create by doing the pre-work ahead of time and the detailed way they do the pre-work that creates the kind of experience in the engagement that's so powerful. And then the post-work, what do they do to make sure it's sustainable? Right. And so sometimes it's what is it before, during and after. And, And we've literally by doing just that and then creating a video around it, increased engagements by honestly, where it was the same, same thing, but we started articulating it in the video and beforehand and and engagements went up by somewhere between 5,500, 7,500 per engagement, just because people saw the value a lot more. But the second part is for a speaker who is not just, you know, helping create that engagement in a session, but is really about creating new sales growth or a more resilient culture or blank, right? There's a process that you go through. And it's not like you have this in your back pocket and you pull it out and you tell them you, you, Ask questions about where they're going as a company now that whatever has happened to them, why they're having the engagement or the event in the first place, what their people are going through right now on a day-to-day basis, what the vision for the company is for this year. And then if you can share with them, you know, I have an idea for how you can get there. And they say, you know, and you say, Can I share it with you? And if you can lay out the steps for them to get there, you're having a totally different conversation. Because usually they follow up by saying, Well, how could we do that? Then you say it's over the next five sessions or the next six sessions, first I'll work leadership team, then I'll do this, then I'll do this. You're doing your keynote, but you're extending it, extending it out. That's the change model. When it's articulated and defined, almost every single time we do the third call with, with with, speakers, I tell them, don't be surprised if you get a call in the next few days. They get a call, they're nervous the first time because they haven't said it as clear as they have in the foot but they like say, here's the steps
0: and people book it for much higher than they did before. It's crazy. All right, so the change model is, as a speaker, I'm creating the steps of what I do that brings them lasting change.
1: Exactly, but it's not, sorry, but it's not a thing that you, it's a cookie cutter thing you pull out of your pocket. It sounds to them like it's 100% curated for what they just told you, which is why it it only follows up like three to 10 detailed questions. And it's not questions like how do you want your people to feel after? It's like questions like why the hell are you having the event? And what is the point of all of this? And where are your people dealing with on a day-to-day basis? And what do you want them to experience and blah blah blah. And then they're like these they're going to help us change our culture. And in the end you were still just talking about the one keynote.
0: <laughs> so, you're asking a lot of questions up front. You're sharing them your model of how you create the change. And then you talked about you're you're actually mentioning that in your video. Are you talking about like your speaker reel? Are you creating a special video for that client? What are you talking about when you when you made that reference?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think the best way to describe this, because it's almost becoming common language now, is that most people have experienced the story brand perspective, right? Where how you tell a story. The reason that that idea has caught fire is because it's the way brains process information. So it's an idea that Hollywood is known forever. It's the way films are made. It's the way in which we go and say, this was amazing or no, I didn't like the movie right? But very few businesses have, ta- have really gone into it. And so that's a perfect entry point to say that when we tell stories, we've always told them in that way, but now it's really common for people to experience it is that a traditional speaker reel has your clips back to back to back in a cool way over cool music and call that good. But the best kind of speaker reel is clear about the one specific problem you're best at solving, how you as a guide, right? Are phenomenal at solving this problem because of your background and then that it will have a process in place. And so, yes, we always put a process at the right part of a speaker video and we use speaker clips to back up that process. And then, and and it's the same thing we've done in every virtual video for speakers who wanna create their virtual content this year is, what's the process that you do if it's at that one part of the video and each speaking clip is a backup of that, people will feel completely different after they watch your video compared to the video they just saw, because they will have heard some steps that you're going to take them on.
0: So going back to your two tips for everybody, it's, Get your mind in, in the right place, start every day by looking forward, and then it's actually having this process, this change model, and actually walking everybody through how you're going to change their world. So, I think those are both great tips, but we have Chris West on this show right now. So, I would be remiss if we didn't take the last 10 minutes of our interview and talk about video, because you bring up the fact that, hey, people can do this in their speaker reel, they can do it in their virtual reel. The truth is, some speakers haven't created a virtual reel so let's talk about this how do you think speakers are doing with updating their video reels it's a timely question
1: because the question is how long is this going to last right uh, when we are recording this the vaccine is on its way i had three friends who work in healthcare get it today right so how much longer will virtual events happen and how much longer will we need to be going back to and, and when can we be excited about in-person events the Fun thing to me is that looking at every statistic and talking to speaker agents and bureaus and a lot of people over the last year, especially the last few months, what we can be sure about is that people have gotten used to working from home. A lot of companies are not going back to in-person work. They're staying virtual. And it's gonna be like about 60, 40 split in companies. And so sometimes they're gonna still wanna meet virtually. I think the best kind of video to have going forward is a hybrid video that essentially considers your virtual platform as one of your stages. So maybe you have three or four different stages or different events that you gave. One of those is just a virtual event. Incorporating them in with one title around how you can deliver it in person or virtually allows you to have a hybrid video that I don't think needs to have you know its own thing. That being said, some people's bureaus are saying, I want to have a really great speaker video and I want to have a really great virtual video. And I want to use them both specifically for when I'm booking you for virtual and when I'm booking you for that, if someone's bureau or someone's speaker agent, or someone just feels like I want to do more of that, they should have two, but it's not vital. It's not essential.
0: So, what are some, some things that people should be thinking about moving forward besides just having those virtual clips? What's the future of, of video? What should we be thinking about when we're making our next reel?
1: The thing that everyone should be thinking about right now is that the former days of a demo reel or a sizzle reel of I put a number of my clips back to back and call that good is going away. And the reason it's going away... oh. Really quick, because I just have to say this, it doesn't mean you should do an interview. There's a lot of people who are following this trend of like, I speak, and then I cut away to my pensive interview where I talk about how much speaking means to me. Meeting planners hate that interview. (laughs) They tell us every time I see the cutaway to the interview, I just roll my eyes, right? But there are some things that you can't say or you didn't say from stage, and you want to say directly to them. That is a time to cut away. But the thing is, is there's no formula for um, first go here, then go the interview. What you want to do is you want to have your distinction clarified before you do your video. And Tom, there are two things that almost every speaker does with their videos. The first thing they do is they dictate to a videographer and editor, here's what I want my video to be, right? Or second, they let a videographer... kind of a documentarian. They let them create a documentary style video about them. But the difference is if you work with a a company that can really do this for you, and there's so many out there who can get clear about your distinction and the storyline that you want told in your video to say, I do this better than anyone else out there. And then Create a video that all the clips surround that one idea and tell a story about that one idea. Because the videos that tell you or set you up as that one person are going to be the the future of the the speaker industry.
0: So the last question I'll ask you about is people's own personal videos. You know, we've been at this now for... Almost ten months, uh, and yet I still run into people who are speakers who don't necessarily have like a great setup, a professional background. They haven't actually staged what they're what they're showing, and they haven't figured out how to frame themselves in the rectangle. So, what advice do you have for people? Uh, kind of like what you talked about during influence. What advice do you have around our individual video studios?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you need three central things. You need a 4k webcam at the bare minimum. I recommend the Logitech Brio 4k. You need a lavalier microphone or some type of microphone, like a podcasting microphone. The one I recommend is to get the la- the, the, uh, road lavalier go. It's $199. It's amazing. It's the coolest thing out there and it plugs right into your computer right now. And then you need one set of lights. You need either a ring light or you need a couple LED lights where if you look on Amazon and type in LED lights, there's going to be a lot of them. You just need a good webcam, a good microphone and some lights and you're good to go. But here's the second part is if you had the choice between speaking in a large stage, the main stage of an event or a breakout room, which would you choose? Most people would prefer to, spe- to speak on that big, large stage. The thing about the big, large stage is there was an AV and tech crew working for two days to build that large stage. Right? The, the breakout room was set up that morning. Most people, most speakers, they didn't take enough time to say, "I should look around in my office and realize this is a thing that's going to come." Let me create my stage, and it takes a weekend. It's not a huge, huge endeavor. It's like. I still see so many speakers I get on the call with them and they still have stuff behind them. They've had there for the last five years. Right. And it's not like, it's not like clever things. It's like some weird box that has been opened and they just haven't taken it down yet. Right. And so when this all happened, I set aside a weekend and I spent four days curating my space, but that's it ever since then I haven't touched it. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be that AV crew who does curate your space, make it look good.
0: And then from then on, you're going to be good to go. So, Chris West, thanks for joining us here on Speakernomics. We covered a lot of ground. We talked about having that morning routine so that you're getting yourself centered. We talked about the change model and how you teach speakers to use that to actually be able to do more and make more money. Then we talked a little bit about what do you need to do to create a speaker reel and what equipment and background do you need for your own video as a speaker. So, I think we covered a lot of ground in 25 minutes, but I've got one more question. What last words of advice do you have for a speaker who's listening to this show?
1: I really do think we do create our own reality. And the only difference between where you are now and where you want to be in the future is going to be the choices you make. And most of us keep living out the past. We don't take the time in the morning or the evening or some point during the day to truly define where we're going and then live as if we're already there, but make all of our decisions if, as if we're already there. And therefore we move really slow. And I would just say, everything's gonna come down to mindset. And the people who choose that this is gonna be the most successful year in their business are gonna start making choices around that. And the people who say, this is gonna be a rough year, I hope it picks up, are gonna exceed that exact you know, experience played out in front of
0: them. All right. Well, I'm right there with you. 2021 is going to be the best year in my business, and we're going to rock it here on Speakernomics. So if you're listening, I want everybody to join us here every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, Speak, Get Paid, Repeat.